Hello everyone and welcome to Changing Conversations with me, Billy Burke. And me, Sarah Philp. We're really glad you've joined us on this podcast. This podcast is all about changing conversation. Conversation is one of the oldest ways to nurture the conditions for growth and improvement. We come alive when we talk about what's important to us and it's this that has the potential to guide us into new and different ways of being and offer the potential for great things. In this podcast, we want to explore the big questions and the small questions. It's a place for thinking and conversations that hold the potential for change. You will hear from us as well as some of our guests. We would love to hear from you and for you to get involved. You can also follow us on Twitter at Changing Conversations. Before we started recording this conversation, Jeanette asked how I'd come across their book. Um, and actually there was lots of different people and connections over the years that I guess brought the four of us into the Zoom room to record a conversation um, for this podcast. And I guess that really just made me reflect afterwards on the many wonderful connections that we've made through our Changing Conversations adventures. Uh, but bringing it back to this conversation today, I'm joined by Jeanette, Cara and Ashley, who are delighted to chat about their new book, which is called Learner Agency, a field guide for taking flight. It's a flexible guide to support you whatever stage you're at in that journey of developing learner agency. And there's lots in here to reflect on in relation to our children and young people, but also in relation to ourselves ad, as adult learners as well. Um, more information in the episode notes on how you can connect with them and also how you can um, get a copy of the book. I have a very busy Zoom room here today. I'm joined by three wonderful people from across the pond um, and really excited today to have a conversation all around learner agency and the work that you've been doing together over well, you'll tell us over how long you've been working together. Um, but let's start with introductions. So I'll maybe come to you first if I can, Cara, and then maybe um, Ashley and Jeanette. So Cara, tell us, who are you? Where are you? What do you do? Thanks, Sarah. Um, I live in Colorado in the United States, and I am um, an author and consultant. And I um had the pleasure, I think you and I met working through visible learning um, research and John Hattie's group. And then um, since then, I've really kind of focused in on empowering students, anything that has to do with that. So practices um, that connect to learner agency, like clarity, um, making sure that students know what they're learning and why and how they can be successful, feedback, things like that. Um, and I got connected to Jeanette and Ashley over the years um, by doing work in their, in their district, um, and helping to support them. So my role has been the outside consultant role. Yeah. And I got connected with Jeanette and I'll let her go next, um, and got to meet her. And then we kind of crafted this journey together of learner agency along with a lot of other people, but I'll let Jeanette go next. Well, hi, my name is Jeanette Westfall and I, um, I'm currently the Assistant Superintendent for Instruction for Liberty Public Schools in Liberty, Missouri, which is just outside of Kansas City. So we're kind of right in the middle of the United States. Mm -hmm. And um, I am very honored, but very sad to hold this role for two more days today and tomorrow. <laughs> and then I will be retiring um, after almost, well, over 30 years in education, but moving into um, a support role with um, you know the authoring of this book and then uh, helping school districts in the state of Missouri. And then I'm uh, hopefully gonna move closer to my children. And so uh, working in other states in the United States to help just further that work. But I like Kara started with um, a genuine, um, a, just need to figure out about learning. And that's been the center of my drive and passion forever. And um, I was a elementary school teacher, and then I was a high school teacher and an instructional coach and a high school principal. And then finally got to this role um, for the last 10 years and have been working with amazing people like Ashley. Um, and she was on our instructional coaching team. And so um, from her work and then 
meeting Kara through um, consulting. She we brought her to Liberty, and you know, um, Sarah, how um, you know people that have the right same heart as you in learning and teaching and learning, and you find them. I find them all over the world. And when I found Kara, I grabbed her really tight and I've not let her go for 10 years. <laughs> so, so that's our relationship and the same actually for Ashley. So yeah. I'll pass over to Ashley. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm Ashley Duvall and I am an innovation and learning coach for Liberty Public Schools. Um, I've been with the district for 21 years. I'm going into my 22nd year. Um, I'm very proud to say that. Um, I've, I've taught all grade levels from preschool to fifth grade. So coming from the elementary um, perspective, um, ever since I started teaching, I've always had a passion for, um, just making learning meaningful for students and, and helping them find their ownership. And then, you know, further into my career, I started to realize there's actually a term for that and it's called learner agency. So it really fueled my passion to know that actually what I was thinking was a real thing. Um, but like Kara and Jeanette both say, um, you find those people and, and I found Kara and I found Jeanette and we just kind of fuel each other's fire. And, and we hope that, you know, through our conversations and, and through our learning that, that we can help others fuel their fire and, and carry on the passion. Yeah. Um, certainly having just met you all together in this uh, in the last few minutes here I certainly get the sense of the strength of your relationship um and your respect for one another as well and actually how you as you as you just said there actually how you kind of fuel the fire of, of one another and I love that idea that you can you can find people around the world and you can connect with them and stay connected with them and hold on to them for for quite some time as well um so that's a lovely, a lovely story and a lovely introduction. So, um, Tara, can you tell us a little bit more, I guess, then about you, you touched on this, but what, what has been your work together over the years? What have you been, what have you been up to? <laughs> yeah. So we, um, I, I met Jeanette doing some um, work with collaborating and teams um, initially, and then it's kind of a funny coincidence, but maybe not. Um, <laughs> things usually happen for a reason, but we were, I was at the first visible learning conference in Colorado or in California in the United States. Um, and we were sitting and listening to Sarah, Sarah Martin from Stonefield School present. Yeah. And Jeanette just happened to be sitting in the row in front of me, directly in front of me. And she turned around and I was like, Jeanette, oh my gosh. And she's like, Kara. And then we said, we should do this work. I said, let's do it. <laughs> and that was such a weird, funny thing. But from there, we kind of introduced the research to um, the leaders and the coaches in the district. And then we honed in on some practices that we felt like really would be, um, and we refer to this in the book, but like evergreen, meaning they're always effective no matter what grade what year who's there it doesn't matter and so we kind of set a path to um, work on things like teacher clarity and student clarity and feedback and we've been kind of doing that ever since with like I said 19 schools um, and I, I meet with each of those schools and have gained some partners on the journey um, like Michael McDowell has started working with uh, the district as well and really helping move each school along in terms of where are you now, what are your strengths, what are things that you want to continue to work on. Um, and we've just we've just kept going and Jeanette can probably add to that journey, but um, that's kind of where we are and every school has worked on things like learner dispositions, and clarity and like I said, feedback. So it's been yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. So tell us then. You 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 touched on it. Um. I think you've all touched on it in your kind of introductions. This idea of learner agency, and I liked what you said, Ashley. You know that suddenly, or you could have realized there was actually a name for this thing that you believed and you'd been been working on. Um. And I guess that you know we we use words and we use phrases a lot. Um. We like a bit of jargon in education. 
And sometimes we have the same understanding of what that is. And sometimes we have a very different understanding of what that is. So for those who are listening, how do you define learner agency? How do you define it in your work? You can choose who goes first. <laughs> I can go first. Um, I'm pretty simple with my words. So um, I would say learner agency is pretty much all about the power. It's the power and the, the empowerment to make your own decisions independently of others. Um, now that's easily stated, but those dis that's where those dispositions come into play. And, and that's where we really have to foster those with, with the children that we're working with and the adults that we're working with. I think we talk a lot about um, agency um, with, our, with our students and the children that we work with, but I think too, we need to couple that with the adults and, and we need to make sure that, that we feel that we have the agency to make decisions and that's up to the leadership um, that we're working with to empower us with that agency. Yeah. Um, but really, it's it's as simple to me as it's the power and the empowerment to make make decisions. Mm. And what would that look like in in a classroom then, for example? Well, I mean, that goes right back to what Carol was saying about clarity. Mm. I mean, for so long and for so many years, we, we were we were just teaching kids just in spite of right like we just we just taught them because that was our job and, and they had to sit and wait and and get um but now it's it's more about making it clear what the intention is and and what the hope the hope of the outcome is and um helping students realize that you know they they can travel their own path to get there and and make decisions to help them learn as much as they can yeah Sarah, I can add a little bit to that. Yeah. I feel like this really um, quick connection to the classroom mm -hmm. um, is this idea that, and we hear we hear this a lot, is um, I wish my students would. Mm -hmm. And and I when I say that, I say that not behaviorally thinking because that's quick and easy. Like I wish they would line up straight, or I wish they would. But when we say that about their learning part. Yeah. That's the agency piece. Like, so what is our responsibility to filling in the answer for, I wish my students would, or I wish my students knew. Mm -hmm. And so I think agency is the, is the roadmap to helping the adults provide the, the pathway for the learner to get there. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what keep, that's really what fueled us is how do, how are the learners supposed to know if we own all of the game pieces? And so um, that really has been a driver for us is hearing our people say, I wish kids would, I wish my students would, I wish learners did. And that has really helped us try to figure out why, why do they not do that then, right? Like if that's the question that we ask, then our solution would be, how can we help solve that in a way that is very practical and sustainable um, and really gives that... Um, that energy over to the students, right? That's really, and it, if it was so easy, I think everybody would do it. But we've all been teachers and it's not so easy. So we started figuring out what were those um, like evergreen, like Kara said, those evergreen ongoing practices that maybe we just need to call them out, right? To say, you're doing this, this really works. Or what are the uh, conditions that it helped that to happen? Those are the enabling conditions, right? So what are those conditions that exist in a place where that's really functioning at a high level? So the impact of learning is really high. So when we saw that, we were starting to like really codify that and be intentional about how to get people to repeat those practices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what you said there about, I wish my students would is a really helpful way in for people because I instantly... I can think of all the times I've heard that yeah. <laughs> phrase around various different things. So I think that's something that people will really, really kind of connect with. Tara, do you want to add anything, elaborate on anything there? Yes, um, I think what we really tried to do then with this is kind of knowing what practices we needed to have in place. And this is a, a whole uh, school system. So it's preschool through um, 
the 12th grade is what we call it in the United States. I don't know what it's called in Scotland, but through graduation. Um, so it's a whole school district. So it needs to look really different at each level. And yet there are some continuity pieces that need to be the same. So it doesn't really matter what clarity looks like in preschool. The question is, do kids have it? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what it looks like in, in senior grades, that it also makes a difference as to how do they know. So we did a lot of work with interviewing teachers and students and really helping them feel that sense of power and saying like, okay, we've got some of the components, but here's what our kids are saying now. Here's what they say they need. Um, and also listening for those moments when the kids tell us like, we love this, please don't take this away. And asking them like, well, if you had one thing that you would say you wanted to keep, what would it be? And one thing that you wanted to change, what would it be? And letting them have a voice in the system and letting teachers have the same thing. And so I think one of the things that Liberty School District has done really well um, is they have created, as Ashley mentioned, these opportunities for teachers to have agency on their own. So if teachers go to a professional learning session and they find out about something and they wanna try it, they honor that. And they let teachers start in cohort groups or um, they have a lot of like, I don't even know what you call them, like uh, Jeanette, like mini schools. What do you call them? That's not what you micro, call them. Micro, micro schools. schools. Thank you. Um, where a group of teachers got inspired to do something mm -hmm. and they're granted that permission um, to have agency and to have coaches help them. And the coaching group in Liberty is incredible. And um, they they then can build these things that are just so inspiring. And, and you start to see the agency happen in educators and leaders and the kids. And you're like, wow. And then they're, they just do such a great job of sharing that in their district. So they go visit each other and they go see what it looks like in each other's building. And they've created a culture where it's okay to stick your neck out, try something. And then it's also okay to go check out what somebody else is doing in order to build your own efficacy and inspiration. It's pretty, it's pretty exciting to see it functioning now multiple years in. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious, does, is, is there one thing that's been a catalyst to that? Or do you think it's more a kind of weaving together of lots of different things over, over time? I, don't know. I can give an outside perspective and then I'll let the two of them give an inside from an outside perspective. And I work with lots of different school systems around the country. I think one of the things that Liberty does exceptionally well, and Jeanette is a big part of this, but there are other leaders too, is that they stay focused on what they want. They know what they want for their graduates. They have a, prof a graduate profile. They Every decision they make is around that. They That's how they spend their money. That's how they change the way they do business. So one example of that that's pretty concrete is they stopped buying textbooks because a lot of teachers weren't using them and they felt like that wasn't the journey they wanted their kids to take. And they use that money differently to, to allow teachers to spend money in ways that they want that would impact student learning. and that has been huge because it gives them a ton of flexibility. And it's also in the presence of clarity though. It's not just, hey, teach whatever you want. Like you're into you're into aviation, so go for it. It's not like that. It's like, we know what kids need to know and be able to do. So that's from an outside perspective, one of the most amazing things I see in Liberty. Mm. And from an inside perspective, Ashley? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like, I can, like I'm kind of taking my own, in my own head, like, the journey that I've been on because I've seen quite a transition in Liberty um, to very, even with teachers, um, very compliance base, right? Like everybody is teaching this unit at this time and, and just gradually working away from that. But, but I would say that the biggest thing is just the trust in our teachers, um, the, the autonomy that's in the district. And really, like, if you think about it, you can't say like we're a student-centered district or learner-centered district and we promote learner agency and foster learner agency and then turn around and say, okay, every teacher on this page at this time, like those don't match, those don't coincide. So it's really, I know I kind of already said it, but it's the agency that we give our teachers and allow mm -hmm. our teachers to have 
that they then in turn allow their students to have. We can't, we can't keep them bottled up and then say, okay, we want to foster learner agency with students, but you can't have any agency on your own. So I know for me, like, I just, I just feel like any big idea I have, um, and this has been going on for several, several years and a lot of thanks goes to Dr. Westfall, but, um, any ideas that we have and we want to try out for the betterment of students and the betterment of teachers, we're always allowed to, to give it a go and take that risk. Yeah. I like that. Taking risk. We don't always do that enough. I don't think. <laughs> um, so Jeanette, from your perspective, what's, how have you done, how have you done it? <laughs> well, it wasn't, I mean, I love, they're both very lovely about my role <laughs> in this, but it is really, um, I feel like, it is one of those things that when you're afforded that kind of support as you grow as a, as a teacher and then as a leader, um, I had really pretty amazing people pour into me. And then um, I was also super fortunate to work for a superintendent who really had a, um, a strong sense of learning also. I don't know that that is you know, that really focuses on the outcomes of the process and gets that ahead of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've worked for some really amazing superintendents, but we did, you know, spend a significant portion of the beginning of our book talking about the leadership aspect. And, um, I think there's a critical part of aligning the operations of learning in a system that are critical to the outcomes of that alignment. And so I was raised, uh, you know, as a, as a leader under this idea of, um, professional development is the support to all the instruction not the other way around. Yeah. And so if your heart, if the heart of your work is really about what is to be learned um, and then everything that you provide in respect to professional development for teachers is around that heart, mm -hmm. then things line up pretty straight. And if you start focusing your professional development on um, the soup de jour, right? Like whatever is popular in the moment. And it's easy to do. I mean, there's no judgment there. It's just, it's really hard to move a system forward anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and so to measure that those things have to be in alignment. And so I feel like I was fortunate yeah. to see that in action and then work for a superintendent who allowed me to line those things up and then do what Ashley, I think what Ashley said is something I felt very strongly about is not to be hypocritical in our statements of uh, our philosophies of learning and then our actions of learning. Mm -hmm. If we say we are learner centered, then where, when we, when someone questions that we should look at that as a, the, that's where the streetlight is pointing, not as an offense, right? Like that's not criti criticism. It's about, wait a minute, let's not confuse people. Yeah. So, um, it's not easy. I mean, we, we've worked really hard to try to keep on that. And I'm not saying we're perfect at it at all, but when we do see it, we work hard to stay true to the words that we speak, right. Yeah. And, and walk those um, paths for the betterment of the impact of learning on kids yeah. to do the very best we can for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I get a real sense of that coherence coming through from each yeah. of you when you, when you talk, which I guess is, is evidence again of the coherence being, being there and being um, truly lived out rather than just talked about. Um, the title of your book is Learner Agency, A Field Guide for Taking Flight. I'm, I'm just curious and interested, taking flight, what prompted that as part of the title? It's quite an evocative image. You can you can sort of feel it and see it in your mind's eye when you hear it. So, so tell me a little bit, where did that come from? I feel like there's a story. Okay, okay, I'm not going to tell this story, but it Jeanette. makes me laugh a little bit because I can remember sitting on a Zoom and everything in our book started to shift a little bit. And I can remember how excited Jeanette was. So I, I really feel like she needs to be telling this story. Perfect, Jeanette. Oh, I just have a, I'll just lead in because we all really have a big part of it. But we, first of all, the definition that when we first started, we all read the definition and really um, it was someone else's. And so we just, but the power to take flight, what it stuck with us all. We all loved it. We knew it, it like it was our core. And so then we were like, oh wait, um, 
that's that doesn't belong to us. <laughs> so, but it did. It was our inspiration, and so um, we tried other you know analogies throughout. But it just kept coming back to all of the um, ideas around around truly flying your own airplane. And then when we finally, I remember the night Kara was like, Jeanette, why don't we just, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. And then everything like, it just, it's like shaking the deck together, right? It all just yeah. came together really so smoothly. And I would like, love, I would love to do this. I don't think we've given Kurt a shout out, but my husband is a pilot. So he helped us move our analogies over from the other ones that we had over to true flight analogies and um which of course was super fun for me because then he's interested in my work and so that was really yeah. anyway but that's the beginning of the story here you go well we loved katie martin's um we looked at in fact in the book we kind of explore the different definitions of agency because there's so many of them and we felt like kind of overwhelmed by it ourselves and we're like well what how do we say it in a super simple way? We loved Katie Martin's um, agency is the power to act. And that is where we started. And then we were like, you know what? This is about taking flight because we feel like that's really what this is, is like people understanding how to propel themselves forward, people understanding how to act in a space when they don't really know what to do. And for us, like that, that analogy just started to make so much sense. And then, um, we were just super excited when our the team that worked with us to design the cover and everything um, went with the paper airplanes and like it just all kind of started to come together. But I think at the true essence of agency, that's what it is. It's like we want people to take off with this work. And that's what the book is kind of about. It's not a one of the things we struggled with. And we, we found this in many er areas, Sarah, is we would look for books to guide our path. And we, we struggled to find ones that really did. And like a lot of the learner agency books that are out there are super inspirational, but they're very theoretical. And we are like, we don't want to do that to people because we want it to be a book that like the pages are turned and they're, it's marked up and like they're in this book all the time. And so our idea with that was it's a field guide. It's like, it's your partner to help you walk through the process in your system, in your classroom or your district or your, your school, whatever it is. And for us, it was like, um, we wish we had something like this because we were sort of just all working. And again, it's mo many more people than just Ashley and Jeanette and I together to just figure it out. And every system has to have a totally different journey too. So we wanted it to be open enough to like, not say you want, we want you to make a cookie cutter image of this district. That's not agency yeah. at all. That's the opposite of agency. Uh -huh. <laughs> but we wanted to give them an, the enabling conditions as we reflected on the journey over the almost decade, we were like, okay, what are the things that allowed this to happen? And then how could that help somebody else? So that's kind of the backbone of the, the book and kind of the reason for the analogy. Yeah. And the image. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the boy that was with the airplane? We, like that was, we all saw that and we knew that was like, that's the feel, right? Like we had all the feels about it. And so it's like yeah. this these wings taking off and we're like, well, that is what it looks like. So that was- Yeah, great. we found this image early in the process of this little boy who like made his own wings and like you could tell like he'd been in this messy process um, and and that stuck with us too. And so we've included that in the book as well of this like construction project <laughs> that is learning. <laughs> so yeah. but I, again, I think it's it's an image and it's a phrase that we can all probably connect to in different ways. So for some people we'll get that feeling about it, that sort of that that moment where things lift and make sense and feel lighter and you've got that movement and and for others it will be kind of the words as well but yeah it's very cleverly done whether it was intentional or not <laughs> very good. eventually it was intentional, it was <laughs> intentional. <laughs> maybe not initially <laughs> so you described it there or you described that you you looked at other books to to see if there were things that could help to guide your path because you wanted this to be something that was really practical and was used and you've used the, the phrase a field guide as well 
So can you give us a little bit of an insight into maybe some of the core processes or some of the core elements that are included in the in the book so that people get a sense of um yeah how it might help them on on their journey wherever they are always use that word journey but it covers so many things <laughs> anybody can start well I, let me just start with this one piece um because i think it's such a true um testament to kara's work and the impact that she had on our district was one of the key um, texts that we had at the time and then still I think has such a huge impact on us is her Clarity for Learning book with John Almerode. And so like when we, when she brought that book out and we could see the connection to the work we were doing and the, and the clarity of reaching clarity, right? Like that's really, I know that seems a little bit redundant, but um, it's, it's so powerful for teachers to have a, a, a simple idea of how to get there because we offer so many complicated formulas for do this, do this, do this. And a school day that um, it's, it's, you kind of need a very simple default into what am I supposed to do to meet learning needs? And that is what really was instrumental. I think the, if I was going to say there's a launch pad or a runway to the agency work that we've done, it is absolutely the clarity for learning text. And we've had a lot. And um, on top of that, maybe the PBL, like the project-based learning work, we spent a lot of time in our district getting our teachers to get in this mindset of not just um, transactional instruction. You know, I give you an assignment, I give you a lecture a piece of paper, you give it back to me, I give it back to you. So how, how can that look different and just really working mm -hmm. on adult and learner and teacher and kid mindset. So mm -hmm. that I would say that would be one of the, like maybe a little fuel jet fuel for our, for our flight. Yeah. Okay. Now your turn. <laughs> that good. Thank you for that, Jeanette. Um, Ashley, I'll let you talk about the three parts and then I'll take the enabling conditions about that. Yeah. So okay. the book is, yeah. go ahead. Do you want to go first? Go okay. The book is set up. We, we kind of honed in on like seven enabling conditions that are like these big picture pieces that we felt like had to be in place, like determining shared beliefs or aligning our learning around and our relationships around learner agency. And how does that look different than a typical system or typical situation? And so the book, each chapter dives into one enabling condition that we felt like needed to be there paired with examples from both Liberty and outside. Because the other thing that Liberty will be the first to tell you is that they have looked at other systems around the country and have gone to visit them to get inspiration and ideas. So we also included a, a, a whole host of other examples that come from other places. And so everything, every kind of enabling condition is 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 paired with a few things that you might be able to do and some examples of people who've done it. Um, and so our hope is that through those seven enabling conditions, um, people can chart their own journey. They can they can figure it out. And then I'll let Ashley talk to speak to the kind of three parts of the book, how it's chunked um, in terms of how we put that together. Yeah, and just to, to honor the learning process, that is kind of how the book is structured through um, Part one, building an understanding, building your knowledge into part two, making meaning into part three, um, applying your understanding. Um, it just, it gives that opportunity back to the agency. Like if you feel like you're, you're kind of, you understand what agency is and you're trying to make some, make more meaning and, and make that connection, then you wouldn't start on page one, right? You would, you'd go to part two and, and catch yourself where you're at. So we thought, why wouldn't you set up a book in that way um, if you're trying to get that type of message across? So it really honored, I think the way the book is set up, it really honors the learning process and um, it would help the reader to to really, here we go again, to soar through their journey with learner agency. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Actually. <laughs> it is a bit fun, these airplane analogies. <laughs> um, 
I'm, I'm laughing to myself. My brother is just currently retraining as a, as air traffic control. So oh, wow. <laughs> there's a lot of flight chat in our family as well. Which <laughs> I feel like I should be better at bringing in references <laughs> myself, and I'm clearly not. So I'm, it's a bit lost. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> he'll be surprised at your inspiration yeah. <laughs> I know so it it sounds like what you've created is a very um user-friendly resource what sort of feedback have you had from from people using it from people engaging so far Yes, that. I mean, really, people have, have liked the idea that it helps them to think through that because we do try to offer um, spaces in the book to just like you can go to any one section and just think through that activity. So I did have someone share that they were taking like one of our uh, reflection activities and using it with their staff. And I thought, oh, that's a great. We had not really necessarily thought about it that way, but that's perfect. And we will pass that on you know, mm -hmm. that that's a great idea. Um, so the components are aligned like that and, and each one in that kind of in that building knowledge and making meaning and, and the transfer. So, um, that's just one idea that I got from someone else as the way they applied it. So I feel like that's a, I mean, it's still early in the rollout yet, but, um, but that was pretty quick. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. <laughs> and, um, I think you didn't set out to write a book together then that's kind of emerged from the work that you've that you've done yes yeah Ashley I'll let you respond to that mm -hmm. so was the question how this all came to be yeah is that what okay um well it, I mean it was pre-COVID and I I can remember the school specifically that that Kara was at and after the meeting in the parking lot I was like Kara I said I think like here, here soon, I would like to just do something more with you. I really wasn't certain what it was, but it, it goes back to that first conversation that we had, like fueling each other's fire. Like I could just always feel that when I was, when I was meeting with her and listening to her and, um, one thing led to another and we decided let's, let's think about writing a book together. So then we approached Jeanette who also fuels my fire. Um, and then one thing led to another, but I guess there was another story that I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of. And Jeanette told me about this I, not too long ago that she was kind of having the same conversations with Kara. And then, yeah, I'm sure there's more to it and, and someone can probably elaborate, but it, it really was just like, let's just keep working and, and pushing each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm the lucky one that they asked. So I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, yes, and jumped in with both feet. <laughs> Absolutely. And I can I can see um even from my brief conversation, I can see why you would jump in with, with both feet and be excited about that prospect. But um, you know, we started with this idea of fueling your fueling fire and you've kind of talked about it there again. And I guess you've also said this is years worth of of work and this is iterations and this is kind of keeping going and this is been work over over time. And I, you know, certainly in my experience of working in education, we're quite good at bringing in something new and then, oh, it's, it's another academic year, so let's do another thing and let's add in another thing. How, how have you, um, and in some ways I feel like you've sort of answered this question throughout what we've talked about so far, but how have you maintained that focus um, and uh, around this work? How have you maintain that coherence despite perhaps other priorities or challenges or new ideas how have you managed to keep the momentum going I guess yeah I think um in in this situation it's always remembering I remember this is a kind of a great story and Sarah you'll be able to, to connect with this but when we first started with uh our visible you know when visible learning first came out that's what Kara told you like we met at that conference and um, and we knew that was headed in the right direction. Like that was the right work to think about those high impact strategies that were really making a difference and, and how, how do we find them and figure them out and really do justice to what the research is telling us. Right. And so, um, when we, when we started doing that, one of our executive directors, she was in charge of all of our elementary schools and the 
we were starting to kind of get things. It felt a little bit like things were starting to spiral off. And I remember the day she came in and she had the visible learning donut. You do remember that? And so it, and she had it, she goes, this isn't on your plate. This is your plate. And so, um, that was really that, like it, that touched me a lot when she said, this is not a bunch of, it's all centered on this focus of, and what we all recognize now is the, the real true drive is to build agency, right? That's the true core. Mm -hmm. And all those things have to line up with that. And so that's been the work. And there are things that I would tell you, we notice are a distraction. Um, and then we have to try to prioritize those, like what goes in, how do you fund them? How do you spend your time? And I mean, probably higher for us collateral than money is time, right? Our team, Teacher time has to be spent in certain spots and um, trying to honor what we expect of them and not sending us cross messages. Um, mm -hmm. Just uh, staying true to that. I And I have wondered, you know, in the last six months of, of really thinking through my transition out of this role, um, how do I help other people know that, right? Yeah. To know about that alignment. Because I think um, that is something that is, is, uh, obviously very difficult also to think through um, because we want quick fixes. And I know that's not possible, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's just really um, the closer you can get to the classroom, which is why our coaches, for example, in Liberty are so critical because we got to get, and I actually said this to my superintendent yesterday. Uh, our goal has always been to have a short pipeline between classroom teacher and leader and the top leader. Like how short is that and how many layers can it, does it take to have the, the feedback from what's happening in the classroom reach the person who's literally laying down, you know, the, here's the strategy, here's the uh, uh, improvement planning. Um, so I think that is a key part. And again, our book isn't, it doesn't necessarily guide in that. The agency part is really about building that efficacy yeah. and, and support, mm -hmm. but um I do think that that's a critical part of the message, right? To stay focused on the fact that all of your energies in leadership are aligned so that when you get close to teacher and classroom and um, student, that you're really pouring into what makes the difference. Um, or you spend a lot of time wondering why all this money that you're pouring into it doesn't, Yeah. right? Like you spent all this money buying this product and doing this and this, and we've seen no change. Mm -hmm. So um and it really boils down to how are we empowering the learner? Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that Liberty does really well, in addition to what Jeanette just said and, and staying focused is that they have created some structures that are um, have stood the test of time mm -hmm. for learning in their district. And so, like she mentioned, the coaches are so integral and she meets with them monthly and they are engaged in every learning experience. and. One example of that is like connecting professional learning to coaching to what's happening at the site level. And so putting things in place like um, having having um, coaches that they don't do with the professional learning at all that often unless they're with a the teacher, but they engage in it with their with their teachers. So whenever we do something, whatever it is, coaches are present and we're working to keep leaders in the loop on that too. And that's something we can continue to improve, but coaches are there. And so when teachers go, Oh my gosh, I'm so inspired. I want to try whatever. The coach has been a part of that from the whole, from the beginning. And so then they go back to their building or even put groups together. Like Ashley was a part of a cohort that we mentioned in the book of second grade math teachers that wanted to do the work across schools. And so she facilitated that because that's what the teachers wanted. And so putting structures in place like that, that are just tiny little tweaks, like school districts might have coaches, but are the coaches a part of the learning conversation? And are they then able to support innovations that are happening in the school? So one of the things that we've tried to do is put some of those structures in the book to help people brainstorm their own structures that could really help support this work. Um, and I think Liberty, to your question, Sarah, like, there's always the new thing and Liberty has been so good at just staying the course of saying, these are the structures that are working for us and we can handle those innovations. But part of my role has been 
to stay consistent with the core practices? What are the things that you can innovate in any way you want to? you still need to have clarity and you still need to have feedback and you still need to have kids prove they're learning with a body of evidence. Like all is great. Like do whatever you want, but this is, so they've been really good too at narrowing down, like what are those core practices? Um, and those I think are some things that have made a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. I guess again, that sense of across the whole system as well, actually is probably a quite a strong protective factor almost for for the work that you've that you've done yes um we could obviously talk for much longer but i'm aware of of everybody's time um so i guess i'd like to try and pull, pull the conversation to a close um in a way but i would encourage people would encourage those listening to to check out the book um and to to think about as you say when they do check out the book really thinking about their starting point and not necessarily starting on page one, but where's the right place um, or the most useful place for them to start. Uh, but before we finish off, we do finish our podcast with the same two questions each time. So um, I will ask each of you the questions. The first question is, um, what are you reading at the moment? And I'll start with um, you, Ashley, if I may. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is a book that I usually carry around with me all the time. So I'm always reading it. Um, I have been for several years. Uh, it, it's to understand, um, it's Ellen Keen. She's a, she's a big inspiration for me. Um, it is a book more geared around just literacy, but, um, there, there's a, there's a lot of, of content in there that is very inspirational and, and does align to, to the work around agency. The copyright's like 2008, but yeah. it's still, I mean, it's, it's right there. It's right on track. Um, but then a recent book that I got, it's an older book, but I did just get it at the end of the school year and it it's titled I am reading. And it's, it's all about, it's Kathy Collins and Matt Glover. Um, and it just reaffirms that, that we're teaching children, not, teaching reading levels so I mean that's that really hits my heart um but it's a good one those are the two that I'm well and obviously learner agency a field guide for taking flight <laughs> obviously how about you have you have you got any books that are not yet packed in boxes that you're reading <laughs> Well, no, they probably are, but, um, I actually just, it's funny that you say that because I, when you, uh, shared that, I was like, oh my gosh, well, for one, I am a, kind of a voracious reader. So I'm always putting out books, but I had a legacy book too, because of this transition work with align the design. And so I was wondering like, what was it in that book that really led me to think the way I think about alignment of, uh, professional learning and curriculum work and, just leadership of all kinds of things of instruction. And so from there, and I just finished that because I think we're going to do a rework of that because it was published, you know, pre one-to-one, -one, pre technology, um, pre COVID. And so it needs a redo. And Kara kind of inspired me with her work of looking at, you know, updating uh, books. And so then that led me to differentiated leadership. Mm -hmm. same author. Um, and so I thought, oh my gosh, that's really good. So I read that. And then I'm, this is not an education book, but have you ever read the silo series, which mm -hmm. is about, it's like a post apocalyptic and it, and Apple TV just put it out. So yes. And so I had already read the first two. It's a series of three. Okay. And so I hadn't finished the third one. So now I don't want to watch it until I finish the third book. And it's so good if you like that. I mean, it's <laughs> really fun. So anyway, so those are my books. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. And Karen, what are you reading at the moment? Well, I'm going to share one that's, it's not an education book either, but it's been a huge inspiration for all three of us. And I thought about it because I, I, it's a legacy book too. I keep going back to it. And Jeanette actually introduced me to this book called Becoming Better Grownups by yeah. Brad Montague. And he's the guy who produces Kid President. Um, and it's all about, and it says, rediscovering what matters and remembering how to fly. So it was like perfect for what we did. And it was really inspirational. And he talks a lot about like 
like kids think grownups are, are boring and stressed out. <laughs> like, <laughs> just remember how to have a good time and how to enjoy ourselves and, but also how to be inspired. And so it's a book that I, I keep going back to for that reason. Brilliant. So true. So true. So to finish off then, do you have a quote or a message that you would like to leave our listeners with? I might start just because mine came from that book and it's also one that we we used in our book. So um, there's a quote at the beginning of our book that I think like sets the stage of this work and because it seems so big and kind of daunting. And um, from from the book Becoming Better Grownups, he says, um, now not a day goes by that I do not think about tiny nudges the little things that completely alter the trajectory of something seemingly impossible to move, the small insignificant pushes that alter the course of my life and the lives of the people around me. Though we might want to do big grand things to make our mark on this universe, maybe the boldest biggest thing we can do is propel a bright future forward with little tiny nudges. There is radical power in being gentle, only tiny, one tiny nudge can transform everything and so we kind of like took that as inspiration for the way we put the book together too but also this journey like it's just one little thing at a time yeah I love that I love that thank you Cara yeah Jeanette what's your sure um I think I would say uh I have a I've landed on this statement I guess or saying um a long time ago, I have a, an old, old blog that I keep resurrecting every now and again, but it's named Ankara, Ankara, Ankara Imparo, which is attributed to Michelangelo that says still I am learning or yet I am still learning. And so, um, I feel like that is just every, the people that I love to keep in my ecosystem are people who are still thinking and, but also loving it. Like mm -hmm. I, I laugh. I mean, it just makes me so happy to work with people that want to keep figuring things out. And um, so I say that, and I add with it with joy, you know, like if you can do that as a educator, like, wow, you will change so many people's lives mm -hmm. and how fun will that be? Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And I'm sure you've had many years of fun doing just that yourself. I did, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not quite done. Not quite You're done yet. <laughs> no. Ashley, how about you? Yeah, so I, I think the message that I would want to give people is to not ever forget why you chose education. Um, we all have a chance to make a huge difference in, in children and adults' lives. Um, but really just be the learner you hope for in all these children that, that are depending on. So be that learner that you want the children to be. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for uh, making the time for this conversation, but thank you uh, most of all for, for sharing so openly and honestly and with such energy and enthusiasm as well. And uh, you, you talked at the beginning about fueling, fueling fires in one another, but I know you've, Healed a few fires in our listeners as well today. So thank you so much for that. And it's been an absolute pleasure to, to see you all and have you all in my busy, my busy Zoom room today. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. It's been so much thank fun you. to talk. Thank you for listening, folks. We really value you taking the time and space to join us. And we hope that you take something positive from it. We'd love to hear your reflections, so please get involved via Twitter or contact us directly by email. Thanks again, stay safe and take good care.